Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. My name is Olivia Martinez and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Oscar and Emily Martinez. And today, I think this is our first animated movie on Strange Love of Movies. And we're gonna be discussing the best animated movie in our opinion of 2020, Soul. Well, it's the only animated movie we've seen in 2020. So it quickly jumped to the top of the list. Okay, that is a good point, but we don't watch many animated movies just because we don't enjoy them too much. But we were hearing all the buzz about Soul and we decided to give it a chance and we were very, very not surprised because we knew Disney Pixar was gonna bring us something amazing, but we were super thrilled with this movie. Yeah, and the movie was released on Christmas Day on Disney+, Plus, so it's been streaming for a few weeks now, and it's one of the best animations I've seen. I don't know about y'all, what y'all think about it. Like ever? Yeah. Movie-wise, or just the animation? Oh, just the animation. Oh, it's beautiful. It's amazing. The artistry is really impressive. I mean, it's amazing when you compare any of the modern animated films to those made back in the... I guess, 40s or 50s. But this one, again, just leaps forward and, and really gives a reality mixed with the fantasy that is um, special. And I think they had a lot of fun with the animation on this one just because it was so unique. And the Jerry's, which are characters in this movie... Oh, by the way, we're going to probably have spoilers throughout Soul, so if you haven't seen it yet, watch it before you listen to this podcast. But yeah, the Jerry's, who are a big part of it... Mom, you said they kind of looked like a Picasso painting or something. They were just so abstract and strange looking. Very cubist. Well, and right, and the uh, the animation part of it, there comes a point where within the animated film you're watching, there's another set, another layer of animation. Mm -hmm. And you're starting to think, wait a minute, am I watching a real movie and that's the animation? Or is it the other way around? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing. You catch yourself. I mean, they've been doing this for a while and Disney and Pixar, but it's just really, really well done. I know, on your point, Dad, it gets so trippy because literally, yeah, just his animated apartment or something, they'll add a different form of animation on top of it, so you're thinking the apartment is real life, and it's just really confusing and weird, but yeah, that is just kudos to the animation team. That's probably why this movie was $150 million. I know, we can barely draw a square box on a <laughs> piece of paper. True that, and we shouldn't have been surprised that Soul was such a success and hit because, I mean, the guy who directed it, Pete Docter, He's also done a few movies called um, Monsters, Inc., Up, Inside Out, and now Soul. I mean, this man knows how to, he knows how to make them, and he knows how to make you cry also. But we won't get into that yet. So let's talk about the plot. The movie starts with a middle school band teacher, and they're going through a number, and you expect it to be a cute movie, and it is, it is. But you expect it to go in a certain direction where the focus might be on the kids. There's a lousy kid, there's a kid who's okay, and there's one kid who's really good. And you think, oh, well, there we go. That's, that's going to be the plot. And nine minutes in, it changes completely. And instead, it follows Joe, the band teacher who is voiced by Jamie Foxx. And I think that's a good point, Dad, because Soul is different than most Disney movies because it follows an actual adult and a teacher, nonetheless, like the most unapproachable person to a kid in their eyes. And it's following a teacher throughout this movie meant for kids, which is strange. Because when you think about it, I mean, like Monsters, Inc. and Cars and all that, they're adults, but they're cars or monsters or something. This is just a normal guy who you would see anywhere. And they do it in a really good way. They do a good job of showing that this seemingly ordinary guy is actually quite special. And he has abilities that he thinks he's a good jazz musician, and he is. But he's also a very good teacher and ends up being a good mentor for this other character who we'll discuss in a little bit. 
Yeah, we'll discuss 22 in a second. But going back to what you said real quick, you mentioned how he's special, but I really think that he's fairly ordinary and that's what makes his character so approachable. Because again, normally as kids, we're watching these animated movies with cars or monsters or these super amazing people that we could never be. But Joe struggles with the same problems all of us do. And that's what makes this movie more mature and philosophical kind of. Yeah, and I think the word that comes to mind, we use it every once in a while on this podcast is existential. Oh, I thought you were going to say iconic. No, 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 <laughs> not iconic or interesting. That's my word. Iconic is lives. Uh, but in this one, it's, it's a fairly heavy topic, but it's handled in a very straightforward way. The way you think an adult would handle it, like just questioning. Yeah, he knows he's meant for something better. He's wondering what that something better is. Is it being the jazz musician or is it being the teacher? You know, and, and through the course of the movie, he finds the answer. Yeah, they make a big point of throughout the movie, one of the main characters, 22, is always looking for her spark. And I think that probably is kind of a stand-in for maybe for soul or for purpose. And so in that way, I guess you would say it's almost existential because it looks at what it is that makes all of us who we are and makes us unique. Yeah, and when Joe is in the great before, early on in the movie, he is just amazed by how personalities are made. And in this movie, how they handle it is the Jerry's, who are the Picasso-looking things. <laughs> They'll just say, okay, you five be aloof, you five be self-conscious, you five be whatever. And if only it was that easy. And 22 is one of these little souls, and she's looking for her spark. And 22 is played by Tina Fey. And 22 and Joe are kind of together the rest of the movie trying to figure out 22's spark. And there's a lot of conflict between them. And it's an interesting relationship to watch on film. Especially when that relationship involves a human being and a cat. Oh, yeah. So how we're describing this movie sounds like it's meant for adults, which we'll get into later. But this whole cat element of the movie is definitely meant for kids. You know every kid watching that got nothing out of this movie except that fat cat can talk or something like that. Which is silly and funny. Yeah, I didn't get much out of that whole sequence. It wasn't as existential, obviously. Well, but it was more fun. I Definitely. Mean, there was the yeah, I think 22 that's... comes back, or actually Joe comes back as a cat. As 22 goes into Joe's body, Joe then becomes the cat and is constantly following 22 around, telling him what to do in order to act like Joe. And it's complicated, but basically the cat provides some good laughs. Yeah, I don't know how sound the theology is behind this film, but as a source of entertainment, those were the, some of the funniest parts with the cat because that's more traditional, what you'd expect to see. And maybe it's partly us where I'm, I'm used to seeing a, an animated film. Goodness knows that this has been going on for 20 years. They, they've improved on the techniques and told some really, starting with Up maybe was one of the, very tender story about uh, older folks and what have you. But you need to have that mix, right? It can't all be this this heavy-duty adult thing, especially with jazz music. I don't know any kids who like jazz. And I don't oh, we think barely mentioned the jazz. Yeah, I don't know if they'd like this very much. That's the thing. I mean, can we get into some of the criticism of it? Well, I mean, talk about the music first, and then we can criticize. Okay, well, that's going to be some of my criticism, Well, actually. you can go into that because it's the a big music, part. Yeah, the music is good. I mean, anybody who likes jazz at all is going to enjoy the music. It's well played and a good selection of tunes. But um, I don't think most kids today are going to really enjoy this music as much as they do the traditional Disney Pixar music. I may be wrong, 
But um, I just kind of think it, again, that's aimed a little bit more at adults too, I think. No, I think you're definitely right. But personally, I really enjoy the music. And shout out to John Baptiste, who did all the jazz parts. And then Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the score for this movie, which is also beautiful. And it's not as jazzy. And that's more classic Pixar. And yeah, I really like that score. And they actually also did the score for Mank. So they've had a busy, busy year. Yeah, right. the score, actually the score is really good. Kind of ethereal and Very. yeah, it really fits the scene. And it's not all jazz. Remember that part with the captain of the ship and they're playing... Uh, oh yeah, that made you really happy. Yeah, they're playing Subterranean Homesick Blues by Bob Dylan. And it was kind of this hippie type character. So it was kind of interesting. It was cool, yeah. Well, jazz is definitely an acquired taste. And that's something that... If you're not into it, I don't think you'll enjoy this as much. And I, I mean, again, I, I liked the movie. I thought it was really well made, but it concerns me that it seems to have these adult themes. It has some funny parts, has some um, the pizza likable, pizza. yeah, has some likable characters, but I just kind of think it is going to be enjoyed more by adults than kids. And when Livia was young, we used to watch a lot of animated movies with her. But now that she's older, we really don't watch many mm-hmm. animated. So I think unless you have a young child in the home, you're less likely to see this. And I don't know that young kids are really going to get into it. I think that you'll play it once. And again, they'll like the fat cat. But I don't know if they're going to want to watch it over and over again like some Pixar movies. Good point. Yes. And dad, going to your theologically unsound point, I don't think I'd want to show my kid this until they're like old enough to understand heaven and all of that. Because if I was a kid watching this, I'd be so confused. And whenever you taught me about heaven, I would think that the great beyond is heaven. And I would, that's what I would picture in my head, honestly. And kids are just like that. They absorb visuals so easily and it just is in their head forever. I mean, I'm still scarred for life from that terrible movie we watched, 2012. That... Mm. imagine being a little kid and thinking the world is going to end in 2012 because you watched a D-grade action movie about the world ending in 2012. I don't even remember that movie. It traumatized me. So I can't me. believe it traumatized Is that the you. one where they end up on the top of Mount Everest and the water is like hitting their ankles or Maybe. something? Maybe. Oh my gosh. Huh. I did like the diversity that they showed in this film mm-hmm. and not just the main African-American male as the lead, but... Remember in the band, the the woman, the lead singer, reminded me of. Uh, she was a saxophonist, actually. Yeah, well, that's the thing. She was she wasn't a singer, or it was she was a saxophonist. And if you think about it, jazz is very patriarchal. The woman is the singer, and the guys play the, the instruments. And that was kind of a neat little twist, mm-hmm. like within this diverse cast. Oh, there's some diversity there in terms of gender, in terms of what you'd expect to see, who's playing what instruments. So I thought that was a nice little. That was, I'm sure that was purely intentional. And Disney really just has always struggled with diversity on screen. So I think it's really cool that little black kids now can see themselves on screen and represented so well. Yeah. And I also think that's a really good part where we mentioned earlier this existential, not so much a crisis, but just questions that everybody has about at some point in their lives. Me every single day of my life. Yeah. uh, Guilty. If people who are looking for, are they, how do they know that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing? And one of the really neat scenes is when he, gets his shot with the band, does a great job, and he's like, now what? Right, now what? Mm -hmm. And, oh, we do it again tomorrow. And, oh, so it is like a job. No, it is the job, you know, and it's... What a well-written Yeah, it's just really matter-of-fact. You can tell a lot of people sat around a room and thought about how would this actually sound in a a real conversation, and 
Oh, and he wasn't disappointed, but it was kind of a revelation in its own way that, yeah, I kind of suspected that's what it was about, you know, working day to day and doing the best you can and helping others. Yeah, and even though that seems great, you know it just flew right over kids' heads. Like under the age of 10, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> One thing we notice is why are some of the best movies coming out of these past few years about jazz? La La Land, Whiplash, now Soul, jazz is making a comeback. Well, and one of the last films we reviewed most recently was actually, I guess, blues, but oh, it Ma was Rainey's Ma Black Rainey's, Bottoms. yeah, kind of a jazz-like music. Hmm. So I don't think we need to even get into awards talk because this is clearly, clearly going to win Best Animated. And I think it should be nominated for Best Picture, honestly, because yes. this year's movies are not as strong as usual. And it, I mean, it deals with some heavy stuff and it has some beautiful visuals. And yeah, I think it would deserve a nomination. Yeah, definitely. And it has something to say and it says it in kind of a different way, you know, and, and that's to be admired. That's for however many movies have made over the past hundred years to do something original. That's a tall order. I kind of have to disagree with y'all about this. I um, We usually are in pretty close I agreement. I liked this movie. I liked it, but I didn't really think it was, I think you kind of have to look at the purpose of a movie and if the purpose was to appeal to adults and to jazz lovers, then I think it met that purpose. But if the main purpose of the movie, since it was playing on Disney, I assume it was to entertain young kids, I don't, I don't think it would do that very well. Now, I may be wrong. I mean, it's probably too long since I've had a little kid, so I may very well be misreading it. Maybe little kids are going to love it. I hope so, because I think it's a nice movie and Mm -hmm. it's well made. But I just, I don't know. I I really have my concerns. What the movie it most reminds me of is Wally. I remember when we took you to see Wally. We don't Wally. like to talk about Wally. And now mm. I'd, I'd really like to see Wally again. I want again to see it again too. Because I think that I remember thinking back, it had a lot to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really well written and it really, I think, had a depth that most animated films certainly don't have. But I remember being irritated at the time because you didn't enjoy it because you were a little kid. And then can we talk about how it beat Kung Fu Panda at the Oscars, which scarred <laughs> which me. Which you loved, yeah. And which is obviously not as good a movie as Wally, I guess in a lot of ways, technically. But you liked it more as a little kid. So that's kind of what this reminds me of, is I don't... It may have satisfied some of the movie makers... But I don't know that it really met the goal of what they set out to do, which was entertain kids. Good take. That's a hot take for sure. And I want to watch Wally now. I thought you say that. We'll do that in 2021 at some point because I'm sure it would mean a lot more to me now than it did when I was like six years old. Somewhere, somehow, I think John Coltrane is rolling over in his grave. That's all I have to say. Okay, and to kind of wrap this up real quick. I um I didn't I don't think I said this out loud but in my head I was thinking oh my gosh where is this big cry moment or where is the sad part and then cue sad music by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and oh my gosh there were some flashback scenes that just always get to us oh thank you for that reminder it and hurt it was like Vanilla Sky the it ending was. was just like Vanilla Sky it definitely which, if was you've seen that film it's just you'll never forget the ending. Just beautiful, yeah. Yeah, it really touches you. Yeah, it always gets to you. So yeah, that was very sweet. And Pete Doctor, he knows how to make you cry. (laughs) Yeah, pull those heartstrings for sure. So how many saxophones or stars are we giving this film? Hmm, well, I'm sure Mom is going to be six out of five. But I'm going to go first. I would say, 
I hate to say it, but I think 4.75 out of 5 saxophones. Um, I know it doesn't appeal to kids too much, but I really enjoyed this movie and I got a lot out of it and I just think the animation was beautiful, it was funny, the voice acting was great, and just good stuff. Yeah, I've listened to both points and, and mom's and yours, and I think the point is it's not for kids. If you're if you're 11 or 12 or, and under, probably not, but once you hit 13 and adolescence, I think you would respond to it. You respond to the message. I challenge you to find an 11 or 12 or 13-year-old boy who wants to go watch this movie. I beg your pardon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm giving it four saxophones. That's all I have to say on the matter. (laughs) Um, I would give it three saxophones out of five because it was well made and I really liked it as an adult, but like I said, I don't. I think it was a little disappointing overall. So to be clear, you did enjoy this movie, but if you had a child, you would not enjoy it as much? Yes, I enjoyed this movie, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I would a traditional adult movie. And yet I also would not have enjoyed it that much if I were taking a young child to it. Okay, point made. I like how we are having disagreements on this pod now. Who would have thought it would be our animated movie that would cause all of this? Strange Love Nation, what do you think? How, how do you feel about this film? Yeah, I actually would be really curious to hear if I'm totally off base, especially from people who either have young siblings who love this movie or parents who have kids who totally disagree with me. Yeah, let us know on Instagram at Strange Love of Movies Pod. That'll be linked down below. We hope that you enjoyed our in-depth review of Soul. If you haven't watched it already, then why are you listening to this? But go watch it on Disney Plus now. It really is a good time. Or at least it's a good time to Dad and I. (laughs) And who knows, it might help you find your spark. Amen. Goodbye, guys. And a woman.